members of my demise are being greatly exaggerated. I am back from purchase Carter. Still no 100%. Thank you for the well wishes. I thought the hashtag die David die was a bit much, but I have, I have returned uh, to these airwaves that we've kicked off. Um, and, you know, you'll be sick of this, uh, me talking about Loki season two. Uh, after my uh, increasing negativity online, but I thought that it was only right to present a balanced opinion on it rather than me just ranting into the universe. But until we get to that, sponsored by Comey and Paisley, go check them out. They've got ramen, sushi, bow buns, you name it, they've got it as long as it's not Japanese. They're not going to, they're not going to cook you a pizza. You know, I say that we go through them, they don't have that. You know, what I mean, they're Japanese restaurants, so <laughs> keep the expectations around that food. Um, I've got a lot of great guests with me today. I said about not wanting, you know, this podcast to be just like talking into an echo chamber, you know, and just sort of just um, my own opinion being the only one that matters. But I, I'm joined by a man who loves that. It's the host of the Our Central, Russ McLeod. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. How are you? I'm I thought I'd come on, you know, considering you're unwell. Apparently, I take over every other bloody central show and every ESSR show. So I thought, why not come over and, you know, gradually phase David Campbell out of pictures and part? Yeah, he's gone, gone like Loki. But I, I, listen, <laughs> we, had, we had to have some positivity here. So I reached out and I was surprised when I managed to get this man. Normally, it only does Saturday Rap Live over at ESSR. But Jack Graham is joining me. Jack, how are you? Very well. You've caught me. You've caught me at the sweet spot of recording a podcast in the morning when I've when I've already been up for like four hours. When my bedtime's not at eight pm or whatever. You know what I mean? You've got me at prime time of me being awake. So of course I'm delighted to talk about about, about Loki. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely buzzing for that. I think also I have to bring this up. The last time I think you were on my podcast feed, it was first time films. It was Inside Out. And you called it was going to be about puberty, there'd be anxiety and stuff like that. There, the truth came out the other day. You were proven right. Yeah, I was just the, the 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 prophecy came true. I just I just I know what I'm talking about with, with films and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, that remains to be seen. But let's look back. I will see if the Fantastic Four comes up after Secret Invasion. I <laughs> back after um, he came on. He talked about awards the last time, and I showed that. I don't think he's going to get me any award. Maybe he disagrees with me. Um, he used to talk shit about me uh, doing a certain movie trivia show, but now he's just a, a, a pure rugby fan. Keith Kildall, how are you? It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back, David. I said to you the last time, we don't need to talk about how useless you are remembering facts about movies. But um, <laughs> listen, I think the important thing is that we have a, a balanced, fair conversation about Lucky, and I do agree this will not be winning any awards anytime soon. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, we'll get we'll get into it just to get everyone sort of like opinion on Loki. I think the MCU's become a bit of a charged topic. Um, recently, you know, there have been projects that have been acclaimed, especially this year. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy three, um, and then there's been projects that people have very much not enjoyed um, or not been successful. Should I say the Marvels was a movie I enjoyed, but did not make a lot of money whatsoever at the box office so it is a pretty charged conversation and i think loki is in very much a marmite position of either you love it or you hate it and i know everyone what follows on instagram knows i wasn't really the biggest fan of it but just to get a feel of where everyone's at ross what's your overall opinion of loki season two i i thought season one was miss uh, was harshly judged i thought 
you know, it was either sugar or you know what. <laughs> but season two, I started to come around to about the other side of the argument because it just felt like Tom Hiddleston as Loki, great, great character, great performance. Owen Wilson, you know, the wow memes can only take me so far. It was a show that I felt that if it was a one-off eight-episode special, would have done really well. But I think coming into season two, we were running out of steam and something you and I have talked about, I'm sure we'll get into, the TVA setting, just such a dull backdrop that it, it meant that a lot of episodes felt like filler. And it just... It ran out of steam. I just, I, I didn't, didn't really enjoy it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think we'll get into it. I think it's a uh, the thing that about this show. I've actually liked it less since I've watched it, and the reason for that is Doctor Who. And I see that what Doctor Who does in an episode to episode basis, because like you said, the word filler there. I, I'm really, I'm in a battle against the word filler, right? For me, episodes can just exist and be entertaining as they are while progressing the story sort of in a minor basis, right? But a show like Doctor Who does it so well because it's such an interesting setting. You know, you go to different places, but when you're stuck in the TV for so long, I agree, that was my main problem with the show. Um, it didn't really, you know, hit and was a bit boring. But there is another side of the argument, and Jack Graham will start with you. Like, a Doctor Who fan, I've recently found out. But what what is it about Loki season two? Um, that really sort of took your fancy. I, I was just, I was captivated right from the start. I think it's something me and you have, we wang, I've, I've spoke with others as well about like the multiverse has felt like the way they've kind of tackled the storyline of the multiverse has been rather poor, I think. And one of the highlights from that, I think, was season one of Loki. So I was really intrigued at how they were going to do it with season two. Yeah. And Quite off the bat, like for me, I think season two of Loki, in terms of enjoyment, has been my favourite TV show from Marvel. I've 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 loved every every moment of it. Jesus, it's high praise that high praise because I'm recently rewatching One Division back, which for me takes the crown um, in terms of that. Um, but that's that's very very high praise. Keith, are you are you as high as that? Is it your favourite MCU? the season of television um, or are you somewhere sort of in the middle of that um it's a weird one i think we're, we're in a situation kind of like a couple of weeks after the finale where we have time to kind of mull over our opinions and we also like we also hear a lot of podcasts and listen to a lot of stuff and you kind of get those opinions that kind of help kind of form where you're at um i think it's a very good the two seasons of loki together is a very good loki story but I don't think it's a very good MCU story in terms of linking up everything. I think there's certain elements that feel a bit left field. I think there's certain elements that like wrap up something in a quick way that didn't need to be. I think there's some characters that had potential for growth and then were left behind. Um, 
I, I did enjoy watching it because I, I do like Loki as a as a central figure and again as a as a Loki story as a through line for those twelve episodes there's a lot of growth but I do and not to bring it to the end of the, the season but like at the end of the day where where he finishes up ten days previous he was taking on the battle of New York and I just find it hard that a character does such a one eighty in such little time just because of circumstances around timelines. Um, but I think, listen, ultimately, sorry, I've rambled on a bit there, but ultimately, oh. good good Loki story, bad MCU story for the overall narrative, in my opinion. Let me just pick your brain on that, Keith. We'll stick with you, like, in terms of, like, the connective tissue, and Jack's talked about the multiverse uh, having this sort of, like, false start almost. It feels like it's not quite getting there, but... One of the huge selling points of this season, surely, especially, well, before the legal issues, especially, was we're getting Jonathan Majors here. We're getting He Who Remains. We're getting the variant of Kang, Victor Timely. That was meant to be, okay, look, here's your next big bad. We've got Thanos as a central figure in this show. How do you feel that element paid off in Loki season two? Um, I think the the Victor Timely part was good and bad. I think, like... He just disappeared at the end. Um, like we were kind of, I don't know about you guys in the panel, but I was expecting some sort of like 180 turn once he got back into the TVA that there was going to be a bad thing that they brought him back to TVA. Um, I think that the whole, I I did like the the second go around of Loki meeting Kang. Um, I'm sorry, he who remains at the end of time. And that sort of uh, conversation and, and conflict that, that they kind of went through. But like, Ultimately, I, what I'd love to know is how many people are actually watching Loki versus how many people watch the movies. And, you know, we've seen Kang three times between and Ant-Man and Quantumania being in the middle. Like, if people only know that version and people only know that post credit scene, then this can be wrapped up fairly quickly and we can find another big bad. I, I just don't think that the, the lasting impression of everything that's happened in the series is going to resonate in a in a full narrative storyline throughout the MCU. Yeah, Jack, what do you think about what Keith's just said there about, because you said yourself in your opening statement, a big fan of Loki season two, not a big fan of what they've done with the multiverse. Like, how do you sort of wrap your head around that? And sort of, what do you think about what Keith said about Jonathan Major's Kang? But also, how do you separate at this point Loki from the rest of the MCU in terms of your enjoyment? I, I think it was kind of brought back to what you said at the start. It's it gives off very Doctor Who vibes, and I've I've loved Doctor Who since being like a wee boy. So having that comparison, I think helped a lot. I think it's, it's see. I, I know you were saying about the, the Victor Timely. I I loved the, the Victor Timely stuff as well. I like the idea that not every variant of the same being has to be bad why right. can't a variant be good and i think that like if you had that same constant parallel then there's not really much differences in a, in a person i think showing that there can be a good person across the place is, is great and i think the acting for, for victor timeline himself by Jonathan major is great i really enjoyed it in that kind of old western episode where that it kind of gave that doctor who vibe most i think that was near on perfect for how that 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 episode should be but then 
I, I enjoyed when it kind of went back to the, the 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 end of time when you saw he who remains just being in, in control of the full situation again. I, I thought that was I thought that was done brilliantly. It's it's amazing you bring up the eighteen ninety three episode, right? Easily my favourite episode of this season, like without a shadow of a doubt. And I think it goes back to what Ross was saying, like that's the episode we're out the TVA. You know, we're back in time, we're at the Chicago World's Fair, it's an exciting setting, there's a lot going on, they have the music that plays into the time period, you know. That's that to me was what you're saying, that's that feels like Doctor Who, you know. That's that's kinda what I wanted more of from this show. But Ross, I want to just come at you about what the guys have said because for Jack, he's just said, you know, Jonathan Majors, Victor Timely was one of the highlights of the show for him. It, was it for you? Did you like Jonathan Majors' performance here? But if not, you're quite negative on it. What was the highlight of this season for you, if you had to pick one out? Um, Timely was quite good. I, and as you mentioned, it was because he came in as something different. He wasn't the TVA, you know, when the first season, which I thought was quite good, it was, it was a heist-style thing. It was a heist movie, which I enjoy, you know. Yeah. They were going to get the big bad, and they were going to you know, right the wrongs and have lived their life. And, you know, it was that style of uh, writing, whereas I don't like disaster movies, you know, and this is what kind of this was. It was, oh, God, what have we done? We need to put it right. And this is what that felt like. And I'm stuttering like Victor Timely there trying to get to the point. But, yes, <laughs> was a highlight because he was outside of the TVA. But for me, he shone in the TVA, B.A., was absolutely sensational. I thought, I thought, uh, I'm struggling to remember his name. I just know him as Short Round. I know he's won an Oscar, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> on for me. Uh, Short Round was sensational. He added just a bit of difference, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I felt too many of the characters I mentioned to you that, um, the Scot- I'm terrible with actor names, by the way. The Scottish woman that was in Game of Thrones and still game. Yes, oh my God. How? And listen, I've just been to America. I know we have to slow our accents down so the Americans can sometimes understand us. But doing it like that, Loki, was not necessary, was it? It was just absolutely horrendous. So in a season where we needed a fun new character... BA was an absolute highlight for me. Um, I especially loved the variant episode where he's trying to put his books in the in the bookshop. It's like, are you the writer? Are you the writer? And the woman for the back comes and goes, stop putting your books on our shelves. <laughs> he's great. Kiwi Kwan, um, obviously, short round. He's had this resurgence in recent years uh, because of everything everywhere all at once, which... The, the superior multiverse project, if anyone wants to check that out. Um, but obviously, it was great for Marvel to get him in here. You're right, he did offer something for the season for me. Um, also, sorry, could yeah. I say something else as well? We talked yeah, about uh, the multiverse sort of thing. And you and I have spoken about like multiverse fatigue, you know, uh, lots of projects want to do, you know, extended universes now nothing can just be a one-show project and that's fine if you want to do a couple of spin-offs but we've spoken about multiverse fatigue uh you know the flash uh that 
that speaks to the fact that no one's no longer interested in the sort of, pardon me, the DC multiverse. But I think this multiverse has suffered because of Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man was so good and so well-received, and it was the three Spider-Men back. And it was one of those ones we all knew going in that the three Spider-Men were going to be in it. But it yeah. wasn't advertised like that, so it was still a bit of a oh, it, it's it's Toby and Andrew, they're, they're here, and you know, two, three of us, sorry, three to four of us are wrestling fans. I don't know if Keith is, but you know, nothing beats a surprise pop. And then <laughs> we go on to Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Who, and I know we'll all remember the the ridiculous leaked quote-unquote list of all the people that were going to appear as variants, you know, Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man and all that uh, in different worlds. And then you got five or six wee cameos. They were good cameos, but you were left short-changed because you were promised so much more. And now the multiverse just seems like people are sick of it because it yeah. was done so well with Spider-Man you know, DCs came to the end of the road and, you know, maybe people were promised a bit too much or had too much expectations with Multiverse of Madness that now people are just like, but can we move away from this different phase, please? Yeah, no, I get it. And I think, not to be crude, um, as I often am in this show, but they definitely blew their load too early in terms of the multiverse. I think that what what the sacrifice the MCU had to make, and I always said this after Endgame, was to strip it back and have some acoustic sessions in the studio. You know, we needed an acoustic album. You needed to just build the characters back up again, slowly but surely. And how excited I am about the Young Avengers, by the way, proved that that model works, because that's the element that's worked for me. But you're right, we've went from, here's the Spider-Man, which is, by all means should be the end of this multiverse saga, because that's really what you want. No one's really pining for Ben Affleck back as Daredevil. Those are the top two characters, really, that you want to see uh, come in. And then we're just expected to ride the wave after that. But it feels, you're right, Ross, in what you point out, that it feels like diminishing returns after that point. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting what you say. I want to get back to a question we brought up earlier, and we've alluded to Tom Hiddleston's went on talk shows saying, this is the end. You know, it's very clear that in terms of an ending for Loki, this feels like that. And Jack, what I wanted to ask you is this, in terms of, we've talked about this show and your enjoyment of it, we've talked about its place within the MCU. There's an ending for the character of Loki who has been on our screens now for, for well over a decade, about a decade, in fact. Um, where where would you rank this? Do you think it's a perfect ending for the character? Will there be things you've changed? Are you happy overall? Um, I mean, I, I don't think this is the ending. Much like in the in the Simpsons movie, when Bart Simpson says the worst day of his life, then Homer Simpson comes in, no, it's the worst day of your life so far. This is like, <laughs> he says the ending, this is the end. This is the, the, the ending so far. I think we're not going to see him until, like, uh, Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, whatever it was first, I can't remember. But the ending, the ending we've got as to now to wrap up the Loki project, I think, Amazing. I, I like the idea. Like, I like the idea that he's um, all he ever wanted was to have approval and friends. But you saw that from like the very first Thor movie when he when he quoted the like when he was getting let go by his by his father uh, when he 
and then he went up to the, the kind of end of time and to sit in his throne. He did manage to get his glorious purpose, but at, at what cost? He's going to have that burden of being alone, which is ultimately what he's fear of. Yeah. But he's he's giving his friends a chance. That's the whole point to beat Kang. He knows how dangerous Kang can be, and he's giving everyone that opportunity to fight the good fight by yeah. being burdened of being alone at the, at the throne at the end of time. So I think it is, as perfect. I, I, I do think we'll see him in whatever one of the two Avengers films comes first, yeah. which I think will all may set up Battle World and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I think for, for now, the ending's perfect, but that's, it, it's, that's the ending so far. Fair, fair. Well, the question to you then, Keith, I think Jack sums it up beautifully, like, the, the themes that are playing into this ending for the character for now. A lot of the criticisms of MCU have been like, you know, death and departure doesn't really mean a lot, you know, because people always sort of come back. The question I have for you, Keith, is should this be the ending for Loki? Should they should they say, no, Jack, no, he's not coming back for the next two Avengers movies. This is it. This is where we leave the character. Or do you agree he should be back uh, for Avengers 5 and 6? Or 4, 5 and 6? Where, where are we? 5 and 6, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, for 5 and 6. Yeah, like, they've killed him. They've killed him and they've like redubbed them two or three times at this stage. So like, what are they going to do now for Kang Dynasty? Is like the inciting isn't going to be that a Kang variant finds him at the end of time, kills him, and then that then he just like loses all strands of the tree of, the, of time. And is that going to then release all the Kangs? Like, like we can't keep doing this over and over again. And I think like going back to what Ross is saying about the, the Spider Man, I think where we were in the world at the time as well with No Way Home helped in terms of like, wasn't it nice to see something during a time that was normal and seeing Andrew and, and Toby and and Tom all work together during those COVID times and like kind of having the, that experience again of everything's going to be all right because we've seen something from the past or from the future and like put a full stop there on it like and put a full stop on Loki now. He's either doing a bit, doing what he's doing now and that's going to like, hold everything in place and then you retool um Kang Dynasty as a if you can in some way not really about a timeline story or yeah. the inciting instant is that he gets killed at the start of an Avengers movie and then that then folds out everything from there. Oh wait, we've seen that already in twenty eighteen with Avengers Infinity War. So yeah. I mean it should be, but I don't think it will be and I think he's gonna end up getting killed again at some stage. Jesus, he can't catch a break. I think you know you bring up good points there, Keith. But you are one of the people here that I wanted to bring on because you're positive in the show. You enjoyed the experience of it. So just why I ask you this: like in terms of, is there anything we haven't mentioned? Any characters? Any performances that, or any episodes that you thought were a particular highlight for you? And you know, sort of. Um, explicitly say this is why people should watch the show, this is what's great about it I think, listen the 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 episodes when they go to like different locations is what kind of has made Loki, like I think of the lamentous episode in season one um, the the 1893 episode you're talking about in, in season two, like they're all great episodes because they're, they're out of the TVA they're not like sitting around thinking about like oh how do we fix this work situation and it's like I'm not looking for the office I'm looking for something a little bit different with, with a show like Loki and you're promising me timelines and this that and the other I think that there's a couple of missed steps in the, in the season rather than like points like 
um, OB was class. Like he added so much good humor. But I think like the the PC you were talking about earlier with the, the Scottish actress um, that came onto the show, there seemed to be some sort of like TVA civil war that was kind of missed a little bit. There was a, there was an opportunity to do something really good there, and that was kind of wrapped up fairly quickly with the the scene where Sylvie and uh, Loki kind of just um, do a bit of magic and clear out all of the those they stop some of the timelines that were being pruned and then they're all then sorted out by being smushed in a box then in the next episode um i think there's a lot of like missed to me there's more missteps in the season from an overall narrative like looking back on the six episodes i can't tell you like what was my favorite episode fair well jack jack what about you what do you think about that in terms of the highlights and anything that keith just said there that you want to pick up on i think on there is I think the 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 misstep for me is probably we didn't get enough of the inner conflict of the of the TVA. Yeah, but I blame that on the previous MCU TV shows before it because we just got given so much, quite frankly, shit. Like wow. up until this point of like we were just throwing MCU project after MCU project to the point that fans were kind of had enough. There was too much MCU. And now they've kind of changed their, their plan of how they're doing these kind of TV series or specials that they're trying to like cut back the shows. So I think this show was maybe a victim of that because I think it was meant to be longer. I think it was meant to be like eight episodes and then they changed it to six when they were kind of rescaling the, the, the production, so to speak. So yeah. I, would, I, would, I would blame it on the, on the stuff before it, I think, it which is it's a, it's an unfortunate casualty. It almost feels like two separate seasons when you put it that way. It kind of has, like, not, not to this extent, because I do hate this season, but it has the Game of Thrones season eights about it, where um, you can see the the Battle of Winterfell being a full season in itself and then wrap it up with Cersei. Here you could have done a full season with, you know, Ross would have fucking hated this, but Kate Dickey is your lead villain with sort of Renslayer in the periphery and sort of TV Civil War before you really get back to, oh my God, disaster movie, the one's going to explode. You know what I mean? But yeah. again, that would have brought criticism of, but like, filler, where are we going with this? How is this progressing the overall story? Because I do think, and I will, I will admit this, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, the MCU is in a very tough position where Ross brought up earlier, oh, we need everyone in a shared universe and interconnected, right? And for other things, you can keep them separate. But the MCU's built its entire brand off of that. That's that's its entire USP. The fact that everything connects, right? So when it's the only thing that I would accept people to criticise it for, of how does this play into the overall story? Why are we not there quicker? Why are things not moving forward in the way we want to see them? Because that's how they've made their money, you know? So you can't have your cake and eat it too. But I do think that with some projects like this, um, that people maybe get too caught up in it. Like for one division, for example, everyone's like was disappointed when Mephisto, for example, was <laughs> the main villain. Like, oh, they're introducing the next big bad. It's going to be Mephisto behind it all along, and it turned out to be Agatha with a great wee song. But there were an element of people who were disappointed because it didn't have bigger implications at that point, you know. And I think that Loki just, for me, it does and admit it falls victim at a time where I am down on the MCU as a brand overall, right? So that obviously does cover my opinion of it. But I think, see, see with this ending, obviously we know, like, the Marvels, it had bits of the multiverse in the post-credits scene. We know Deadpool 3 is going to have bits of the multiverse. But my hope is the ending of this 
kind of wraps that up and it grounds the MCU down again to build the heroes back up to face that multiversal threat. See, even yeah. if they're watching the post-credit scene of like a Kang variant or whatever they're going to do after that, of like of the implications to lead to the next Avengers, I don't mind that. But build the heroes up again. Build up your young Avengers to the point that the movie's going to be great. Build up everything else so you believe that the, the threat that's coming can be matched with the yeah. heroes we have. We just yeah. don't have that yet. Totally. So, Ross, I'll bring this to you um, to sort of like get back to Loki. I think the guys have talked about some of their missteps. For me, I was most interested when the focus seemed to be on Renslayer and Miss Minutes as the villains, as this sort of like kooky team up uh, between the two of them, like the jilted lovers of Victor Timely. Uh, almost like, and do you think that you're a fan of what they did when we got to see it? And do you agree that maybe there should have been more of that? Yeah, the Thelma and Louise uh, team up, uh, <laughs> I thought was quite good. Um, yeah, there should have been so much more um, there. I think, as I mentioned before, that not a fan of disaster shows and movies, this kind of felt like, oh my God, oh my God, and it's, it's hopeless and too many people are going to die. There was, whereas the season before, as I mentioned, it was a heist and there were stories and you actually saw more of Renslayer as a bad guy when she was trying to keep it under wraps in season one than you did this season. Yeah. She was, she was a means to an end in this season. And Miss Minutes, you know, being that AI unit that's in and around everything, and she should have been presented as much more of a threat, but it was just a kind of half episode of, we're locked out, we're locked out. <laughs> now we're back in. And, <laughs> well, thanks for that, guys. Cheers. And, again, just... Maybe my my discontent with it, as as you said earlier, at the end of the of the end game uh, saga, we wanted to strip it back and build new characters. And you know, there was a story to be told there with the world that they had presented because I think it would have resonated more during COVID. The fact that everyone's life was turned upside down. Well, that's what they presented in the end game with yeah. the snap and people disappearing for five years and like, how do we ever get back to normal? That that probably could have resonated a bit more in the COVID era. And I thought some of the shows we got at first, the likes of um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye, I thought they were, they were good stripped back, yeah. grounded in reality style shows, or as grounded as MCU can be, but I thought they were, they were pretty good. And, now it just seems like more and more outer space, outer, you know, and I, I said I hate disaster movies. You know, the other thing I hate is made-up science talk, and that's where I love I love the first Ant-Man. I will say that as a one-off, put it up there against any film, any superhero film. It's a fun, feel-good, unoffensive 90 minutes of your life that you're going to enjoy, and then you can go on about your day. But the second one, oh my God, like, pick, David, pick three items in your kitchen. Oh, in my kitchen, a, a pan, a, a toaster and an air fryer. Right. And then you would have a conversation with Michael Douglas and his daughter with, what about the pan variant if we can do this? But aren't you forgetting about the oven equation? A 
of course. But what if we do a toaster overload and it's just made up science that you can put any fucking Mad Lib word into? And that, I felt, was my discontent with the low-key series. I thought Tom Hiddleston was good. I agree with what uh, Kieran was saying about it's a good low-key story, but not a good MCU story. But it just it came at a time where superior fatigue is in, multiverse fatigue is in, and we are just kind of like, right, we've been in this stage for a while now, what's next? What's next? I think we're going to sort of give our final thoughts here because I'm going to title this episode just simply, was Loki season two good? And I want to get everyone's answer to that question and their reasons for why they'll say yes or no, because it's a tough thing to say something's not good, you know, like, like so it's to try to cross that line, but Ross, we'll start with you, like, in your opinion, was Loki season two good and why? What's your reasoning? No, no, I think um, I think it tried to, and I mentioned this at the start, it was relying too much on the charm of Tom Hiddleston. And listen, I thought it was season one. I can watch anyone with Tom Hiddleston and it'll be great and I'll, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> but it relied too much on on the back catalogue. And listen here, just to mention another reboot, Frasier, which has had a reboot on Paramount Plus. It's not the same show, but it's relying on, you know, callbacks and stuff like that. And that's kind of what this felt like. It felt like it was relying too much on callbacks. It felt like, especially after um, Ant Man and the Wasp two, where a lot of I felt a lot of the Mullibur stuff and that was bungled. Um, yeah, there was just there was no interest for me personally to see it. And again, with some of the acting outside of the main characters, I just. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I liked the, the Chicago episode. I kind of liked the finale, but when I like and kind of like two episodes out of six, I can't turn around and say something's good. So for me, no, I don't think it was good. I, do I think the low-key story overall was good? Yes, but I think season one does a lot of the heavy lifting, in my opinion. Fair enough. Well, Jack, we'll come to you like to sort of counteract that. I think I know how you're going to answer this. Was low-key season two good? And if so, why? Yeah, I, I thought Walking Season 2 was good. I thought the, it was a, a, a fitting end slash not end to the to the Loki character. I thought the, the actor was amazing from Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, uh, everyone in the cast, I thought everyone did a, a stellar job. I think, I think it handled the Poison Chalice and the multiverse story well. I liked what they did with Victor Timely and He Who Remains. I, I just really enjoyed the, the musical score as well for the show was fantastic from Natalie Hall. That 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 plays a lot into it as well, I think, for the music being helping to tell the story. I, I just yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. Good. Well listen, well, I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm always I'm always happy when people like things and Keith, I'll come to you like sort of more in the middle. Um but to answer the question, was Loki season two good? How would you quantify that? Uh, it's a middle of a road season. I think that there's there's too many elements of it that happen and are just passed over. Um, I talked about the the kind of like TVA civil war that was brewing didn't happen. Um, Loki magically having the ability to hold time at the end is a bit sort of WTF. 
Um, again, this is the same guy who nearly destroyed New York 10 days ago. Um, I think that the <clears throat> there's just a lot of teams and I think like we didn't even talk about Sylvie. Like Sylvie was wasted this season. Like she her That's her fine, whole yeah. <laughs> her her whole thing was like we need to like Loki would say to her, like, we need to uh, go back and, and refix this all. And she just kept on saying, Why? Who cares? And like she had no concept of understanding like what she did is has triggered all this. Um, I think this. I go back to what I said at the start. I think it's a very good Loki story. I don't think it's a very good MCU story. So it's a middle of the road season for me. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. On the fence, though. All the way. Let's listen. Here's here's the reason, and it's good to talk this out with people who have, you know, different opinions of it. And I, I'm confident in saying, is Loki season too good for me? It's a no, and it comes down to like. This, like Ross said, I think is a really good comparison that compared it to a disaster movie season. And that, for me, feels that there's a lack of a tangible villain or threat to really target yourself towards. Like, like Keith just brought up, Sylvie is completely wasted. And it's clear that they're trying to position her as a character for the future. I don't think they've given her a really good grounding uh, in, this, in this season to sort of move forward. But more than any of that, and it's a word I hate saying with any form of media. I was bored with Loki season two. Like, completely bored by it. And it comes down to what we talked about before. The new Doctor Who specials, right, have shown how brilliant it is. We can go and see all these new worlds, all these new things that present different challenges and different visuals, like, and how stunning that can be and how great it can look. And, Doctor Who, for all intents and purposes, has had a great relaunch in the last like couple of weeks because of that. Loki, we got, like Ross said, like there's a couple of episodes in here that I really like when they capture that same vibe. But as soon as we go back to the TVA and we start talking about the loom and the disaster and this and that, it's it's it doesn't interest me. And the I think the one scene or the one plot point that really solidified this for me is Loki sees Sylvie coming out the left and then gets, you know, snuffed back. And it turns out is a completely innocuous moment when he does it to himself. And for me, that's false drama. And when you need to put a moment like that in a show to sort of, like, create, manufacture some sort of tension, it shows that the story isn't sort of strong enough to stand on its own two feet on its own. So maybe I'm a bit harsh. But that's that's my opinion. And I think we've had a, a good sort of balanced conversation here about, you know, the merits of, of Loki season two either way. But I want to thank everyone for coming on. Keith, thank you very much for, for coming back today. Not at all, David, anytime. Anytime. It was great, great having you. Jack as well, thank you very much for, for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> no, you're all right, man. No, you're all right. And Ross, I know that yeah, not for a cheap plug, but you've got you've got a Christmas special to go and record for for Eat Sleep Suplex retweet this afternoon. I do, and had I known that people on the internet were going to have a different opinion than mine, then I I, I clearly wouldn't have came on. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning of this? Well, exactly. listen, knows, they might not they might have a, the same opinion as you and Billy Gunn, you know. So that's that's all that'll matter for you. Um, guys, coming up, we've got. 
obviously we're, we're coming into Christmas, so I'm hoping that we can do a Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies coming up on the show. We're not going to get into that because I know the panel here have vastly different opinions on what we think. But also, I'm gearing up. I, I've seen at this point, I think, 66 new titles this year. So my top 10 list, top 10 movies of the year show. Uh, will be coming out in the podcast before the year's end. I'm looking forward to, to doing that. There's The number 10 position is actually up for today. I'm not going to get a wee preview. I saw Wonka the other day. It might shove something out. I fucking loved it. But anyway, until then, it, it's goodbye from all of us. And Majesty Pam, take us home.